back with the Rob O'Donnell Show live from CPAC on WYLK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. Well, we're here with the always colorful Kirk Schlichter, who's town hall senior columnist, attorney, best-selling author with the book right in front of him that I have proved uh, my little piece of paper that I've been reading it, and a uh, colonel in the United States Army. Kirk, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Rob. It's always great to be here. It's great to be part of the magic. There you go. So you were on a panel this morning. Uh, what was it about? It was called Catfight, uh, Michelle versus Kamala. Who's going to be the next president? And I was very upset because it kind of ruins the sexy image of Catfight that I, 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 I and most normal Conservatives envision. Normal people envision. Uh, so, yes, conservatives. Uh, yeah, it was uh, good. I got... Uh, I got ha lots of hassle online from leftists who were mad about me uh, repeating indisputable truths. Well, it means you were on the right target, then, over the right target then. I was over the right target. They were mad. Uh, our mutual friend Larry O'Connor was there. Uh, he may or may not have insinuated that Michelle Obama's gender identity is not what one would think. Now, that wasn't me. I'm going to blame Larry O'Connor. That's Larry O'Connor. For it, but that was uh, it was it was interesting. Monica Crowley is very convinced that uh, she will be uh, the nominee, um, and uh, I'm not quite as convinced. Does she really want that hassle? I mean, she's she's kind of living the good life now. Does she really want that target over her? I don't think so. I think she likes going to Martha's Vineyard. I, I think she likes spending time on Leonardo DiCaprio's yacht. You know, helping out by babysitting his girlfriends. I think it's, um, you know, I, 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 I think she's had other things in life. So I'm not really convinced that she would actually do it if there was a mechanism to do it. I mean, you know, ask yourself, what's the process where Joe Biden stops being president? Does, you know, Barack Obama walk in and go, well, Joe, it's time for you to quit. He just goes, no, I'm not quitting. You know, doctor, and she's a real doctor, I've been informed by important people, uh, Dr. Jill would, of course, be, uh, you know, reluctant to give up her gig. So the Town Hall article of the week, uh, you put out some great articles there. What was your most recent there over in Town Hall Media? My new one talks about Donald Trump and how, you know, things are looking brighter for him. Look, I was a DeSantis supporter uh, because uh, in large part because I thought he's more electable than Donald Trump. Uh, I think Donald Trump has some real weaknesses as a general election candidate. That's, you know, not happy to say it, but that's that's the fact. I think that um, uh, uh, there are a lot of people who just hate Donald Trump unreasonably. But, you know, he won the primary, so I support him. You know, I, 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 I never understood the people who were like, well, primary's over. I'm still supporting the guy who lost. Well, no, that's not how it works. But I, I think most people in the Republican Party are coming around to Trump. Uh, Nikki Haley is uh, an afterthought of an asterisk right now. Uh, and, and things are looking up for uh, uh, the former president. I do think that, um, you know, this whole political prosecution thing is not working out the way the left intended. Because it is really, you know, they, they want to... They want to exploit the default where people think, oh, well, the system works. You know, law enforcement is always honest. The, the DOJ is a bunch of good guys. The FBI is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. And, and, and they're not. And normal people see it. 
and they're not responding the way they would to actual real corruption. They, they see it. So, you know, he gets convicted by this joke of a prosecutor in New York. I don't think it's going to hurt him. I think it's going to help him. I think normal people are going to look at it and go, wait a minute. That's, that's not working. Being an attorney, what is it like looking at this train wreck of a DA, Fannie Willis, down in Georgia, in this case, with that situation going on? She's got some real trouble. She does have some real trouble. We, um, the, the thing is, you, you know, from a legal perspective, there is no legal perspective because this isn't how, this isn't how the law works. Okay, this is all such ridiculous nonsense that you know you're kind of making it up as you go along. I mean, when's the last time they had a uh, hearing about whether the uh, prosecutor's boss was uh, committing perjury? When, 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 when does that happen? It doesn't happen. That's, that's not something that happens normally. This is all so weird, and that's what happens when you invent crimes, treat people differently, make up new rules. It, it doesn't, it, suddenly you're doing things that don't, you know, don't happen. So it, it's all chaos. Speaking of chaos, also as an attorney, attorney that's held, uh, handled multi-million dollar defamation suits yourself. Yep. This Jeannie Carroll case in New York, uh, it's one of these you just have to shake your head at. It's a joke. She's I, going shopping with Rachel Maddow. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole, I mean, it, this isn't how the law works. And we kind of saw, you know, you, look, the worst lawyers in the world are the ones on MSNBC or law professors or lawyers on Twitter, except for like 10 of them. Okay, me and some other guys and gals. And they're assuring people, oh, well, this... This ballot law is uh, an important, real theory. And it gets the Supreme Court where they are just, you know, respectful of themselves enough to treat it like a real legal case, and they rip it to shreds. I mean, it just it just gets broken. It's, you got liberal justices doing it because it's freaking nonsense. So people are, and it's the same with this Carroll thing. People, oh, well, this is how you want a jury to do And it's like, you're going to get up to the courts of appeal and not just not just ones that are a uh, 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 you know basically always go to lib and they're going to start asking tough questions uh, you know 85 million oh well you know there's the, the, the BMW case on punitive damages it says you have to limit to five times actual damages this is much more than five times actual damage. why is this you know I mean it's just it's it's ridiculous, and it's going to start falling apart. And you're going to have a lot of people very disappointed that the law isn't kind of a Mad Libs where you just write in what you want and what you feel. Do you think another prosecutor touches the Georgia case after the Fannie Willis debacle down there when that's all said and done? Uh, potentially, but it is also there's also potential to go to a real prosecutor who'll look at it and go. No one's ever been charged with the, the for this alleged conduct for these crimes. This is this is stupid. You know, prosecute. My mom was a prosecutor when I was growing up. Larry became a judge. The and she took her role as a prosecutor very seriously because you can hurt people bad with that power. So you have to be responsible, and you don't bring cases that you're not absolutely sure of, uh, based on the law and based on the evidence and based on you know other factors. There may be other reasons not to bring the case. Um, and none of that, and it's the exact opposite here. 
You know, they're literally shopping for crimes and taking laws that have never been applied to this conduct and charging them as crimes and serious crimes. Like, I mean, years in jail. This isn't, I mean, it, this is not how it's supposed to work. And once they set rules and a precedent, though, the door's open. Well, just, what, you think Kenny Paxton's not going to use whatever power he has in Texas to bring cases? Oh, well, well, it'll be, there'll be baloney cases. Well, guess what? All these cases are baloney cases, and all Trump is doing is spending time and money fighting them. Do you, do you, 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 you don't get to just say it's a baloney case and poof, it goes away. It has to be litigated. And who knows, maybe a judge will go, well, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, a prosecutor brings it. I'm not going to interfere because that seems to be the explanation for Trump's. Because most of these cases, if I was a judge, I'd be like, this is ridiculous. I'm dismissing this. I'm dismissing that. I'm dismissing this. You just can't. No. And, you know. Well, they're not in Texas. Who cares? Trump's not in Atlanta. I mean, it's a stupid. Something a little more, well, unfortunately realistic, your new best-selling book, The Attack, that we have in front of us. Uh, tell us a little bit about a book. I've, I've told my readers since day one they need to get this book. Uh, I wrote it uh, starting immediately after 10-7. After, uh, because I saw the vulnerability that we have to the same kind of attack they had in uh, Israel, uh, and the the method of attack, uh, essentially suicidal people, who on a one-way mission, and you don't need command and control, you don't need logistics, you need no real organizational structure. Uh, you give uh, some guys a guns, tell them to go someplace, kill everybody they see. And you do that hundreds of times. And we have an open border where you have people from every rat hole, third world cesspit uh, in the world flowing in. We don't know who these people are. And, you know, you're you're wearing your uh, World Trade Center button. Okay? You saw what happens when we let schmucks in our country. And, you know, that the FBI is going out hassling people for praying outside of abortion clinics when we've got, you know, look. Everybody knows we've got sleepers here. Everybody knows that. But I guess the truth's too horrible to uh, approach. So we're just going to put our head down and pray they don't do something. But they're going to do something. They want to kill us. And they're hoping that we're weak enough uh, that we'll give in. That's what they thought, in, that's what they thought on 9-11. They thought we would give in. That we would pull back from the world after getting our nose bloodied that way, we thought we would be frightened. Instead, we went over to the other countries, and while I have some problems with the way we fought the war, we killed tens of thousands of them, and uh, as we should have. And uh, I think they're wondering, is that the same, is that the same America 25, almost 25 years later? How well written this book is. You made it a point. You, you purposely made it a point not to write a blueprint, but you wrote it well enough and detailed enough to scare the hell out of this 30-year law enforcement professional. And, and you did that purposely, which was great, well, very well done. Yeah, I. it's novel form, but what it really is, it, 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 it's basically structures a bunch of interviews of people involved in the process. And you have police officers, you have medics, you have regular people, a lot of regular people. Uh, you have some military people, you have some Secret Service people in the White House. 
uh, so we have a bunch of different perspectives because I didn't I couldn't have one character you know Forrest Gumping his way to all the places that are interesting. Uh, I wanted to tell the story of it, but I wanted to punch people in the gut. I wanted them to feel it. I wanted them to understand, you know, what it means when bad guys with guns come to your neighborhood and you're a, you know, a liberal wine woman, you don't believe in guns, you know, what what happens? And what happens when these people, you know, want to murder you, want to rape you, want to broadcast it? Because, again, they're trying to scare us. Um, it's, you know, some of the parts of the book are not particularly fun to read. Uh, you know, it's. I think it's interesting. I think it's uh, uh, a, a good story, but it should scare the hell out of you. And I think if you are a, a healthy, law-abiding citizen, you should uh, carry a weapon and understand uh, how to do basic medical tasks in case uh, uh, something goes down. Because guys, something's going to go down, and you may be the unlucky one who's at ground zero this time. Speaking with Kirk Schlichter here, the book is The Attack, best-selling book. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to put a link to it on my social media. Kirk, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Wouldn't miss it for a world, Rob. You're the highlight of CPAC. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. It's Rob O'Donnell live at, w at CPAC here at WILK News. We'll be back in just a second. Radio. It's always a privilege to get Mercedes Schlapp, former White House Senior Strategic Advisor and Senior Fellow at the CPAC Foundation. Mercedes, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show. Thank you for having me. I, you were with us earlier this morning, so now it's like in reverse. And you want to be a co-host? Because we got to get Larry jealous. Uh, Mercedes is Larry's co-host in the morning show, and I, I interviewed on that, and Larry got a little jealous when I, I said, Mercedes, you can come over and co-host on this show. <laughs> I think Larry was trying to fire me, Rob. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, he could do a lot worse. No, no, no doubt. So great time here at CPAC. Yesterday, the the... the I, I talked about it earlier. The first international summit at CPAC. Um, over tw you said twenty. How many nations were there? It was about twenty nations that were there, and that didn't even include um, even just outside participants as well. Uh, we had visitors from uh, Spain, uh, Mexico, uh, Dominican Republic. I mean, you name it. It is insane how this is growing, and it's really because people are tired. They are tired of this globalist radical agenda. They are tired of the United Nations, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum dictating how people have to live their lives. And we have to put a stop to it. And it's why you're seeing countries come together and saying, look, this is happening in your country. Wait a second, it's happening in my country. What can we do? How can we defeat the globalists? I think it's a very powerful message. Where else in America right now are they putting Israel together with South Korea, with Japan, with Australia, with England? Uh, um, Argentina. Uh, you had the Secretary of Security for Argentina. She was great with, with, with what she had to say down there because these nations are dealing with a lot of what we're dealing with here. Well, and it was exactly what the uh, Minister of Security of Argentina said. She goes, are you aware that Iran, Hamas, and Hezbollah are part of this organized crime that's happening in Latin America? And, and this is what the news doesn't cover. They don't cover the fact that this is the Iran's attempt to basically not only take down America, but to take down democracies across the globe is is very alarming. And it's why, uh, you know, we have to take action. And what is so concerning is that all these countries, Rob, they're looking at America. They need American strength because if America's not strong, then it's all these democracies start to crumble. Where are we going to go next? We're not going to Canada or we're not going to Mexico. It's not happening. So we are in a very critical time in this country, and it's why we have to get Donald Trump back in the White House. 
like Steve Bannon said last night during that summit, $300 trillion in debt. Nations will fall if we don't correct our course in this, in this, in this world. Yeah, I mean, nations will fall, and that is what I think we're seeing. And when you have Europe so weakened from a military standpoint where they can barely give money to NATO, although it was President Trump who says we need to do our fair share, uh, I think that's very critical. And the mere fact is, is that they're looking at Joe Biden and as Ambassador Rick Grinnell said, who does Putin want in office? It's not Donald Trump. It's Joe Biden. No doubt. Mercedes, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show. You're in demand. They're going to start dragging you away soon. But it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's a great honor that you're here. God bless you. And thanks for everything that you're doing. Thank you, Mercedes. That's Mercedes Schlapp. She is the former White House Senior Strategic Advisor and Senior Fellow at the CBAC Foundation. It's um, 5.30 here at WILK. Um, we got some guests coming up, or maybe we'll get that Rick Grinnell uh, audio in when we come back. Let me see. Uh, yeah, it's, it's five, almost 5.31 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a bit. How's everybody doing on this Thursday, February 22nd, 2024? Uh, we're live at Seabag in National Harbor, Maryland. It's uh, been a great event so far today. You know, it's kind of a half a day in security credentialing checkpoint yesterday. Today, uh, you know, we brought you some great interviews today, and we're going to try to do the same tomorrow for you. Uh, yesterday, I was able to get some recording of Ambassador Rick Grinnell. He was the ambassador of Germany, also was the acting director of national intelligence for a time, to talk about peace through strength. Uh, let's play that clip from Rick Grinnell now. Uh, in terms of American diplomacy, and you've advised him on these questions, so maybe you can help table set why these two things coming together are important. So thanks, Matt. Thanks, Mercedes, for, for organizing this conference. It's amazing to be here yet again. I'm struck by the fact that Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump are the two who consistently keep coming to CPAC, right? We know that Ronald Reagan always came to CPAC. Donald Trump is always coming to CPAC. And Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump have uh, one thing that, that really stands out, that they're both about peace through strength. They're not wimps, but they want peace. And peace is popular. And look no further than the four years of the Trump administration, where we get to say uh, Vladimir Putin did not invade and start a war. We didn't have war between Arabs and Israelis. We had peace accords between the Arabs and the Israelis. We had no war in Europe. We warned Europe to pay your fair share. We told Europe you shouldn't be having a Putin pipeline into Europe. That Russian pipeline was sanctioned by the Trump administration, and that Russian pipeline had the sanctions dropped at the request of Chancellor Merkel to Joe Biden, and Joe Biden and the Democrats immediately voted to drop the sanctions on Nord Stream 2. I think when you combine the attack on energy and the fact that you don't have individuals who are willing to do tough diplomacy, you know, the Liberal Party in America, the Democrats, mocked 
tough diplomats. Every time we had a diplomat that was out front doing something tough, they said, you're being mean to our allies. And I would argue that when you have a credible threat of military action, you don't need to use that threat. You don't need to use the, the military action. Because people believe, like Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, that they mean what they say and that they just may do something that's unpredictable. And that's the recipe for peace. So we get to go into November of 2024 and say the economy was better. We had more peace. You're the party of war. And I think, you know what, I've waited 25 years to be the party of peace and the other side be the party of war. And let's let's remember, we should start every conversation and finish every conversation by saying Vladimir Putin wants Joe Biden to be reelected. Yeah, amen. That was Ambassador Rick Rennell, a former director of national intelligence as well. And from all the chatter around here at CPAC, maybe our next Secretary of State, if Trump gets elected in, which, which will hit a, a milestone on many occasions. We're going to have Ambassador Grinnell on tomorrow, hopefully. I was speaking to him today. His schedule tomorrow is a lot more fluid than today was, so hopefully we can get him on tomorrow. But uh, it'll hit a milestone in a couple of, uh, of avenues. He, he will be the first openly gay Secretary of State. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Um, it's funny. I get some text messages here. And listen, you could like that I'm here or not like that I'm here. It's fine. This is the Conservative Political Action Conference. It's it's exactly what it, it's supposed to be. It's a, a coalition of conservative ideas that we have here. Um, and it, they do it every year, just like the Democrats do theirs every year somewhere else. Now... I get a text message, always hilarious when I hear Trump's name mentioned in the same sentence as Reagan. Well, it's very easy. He was talking about war, and, and I'm sorry, you may not like Donald Trump, you may not like the way he did things, you not, may like the way he worked on things, but or his mean tweets, or, or the or his personal life. But the fact remains, there were no wars under Donald Trump. So... Look at what's gone on since the Joe Biden administration has taken over. You know, even under the Obama administration when Crimea was annexed. Uh, and that's what he meant when he said, you know, peace through strength. And, and that's exactly what that is. When you have a deterrent of a military that you don't want to use, no one wants to use that military. It's peace through strength. It's as simple as that. Um, it, it's, it's interesting um, how simply because you don't like someone simply because you've made your mind up for that you don't open your mind up to things like that and it's funny you know the same thing with eric prince who was the the founder of blackwater you can agree with a lot of the things they did you cannot agree with a lot of the things they did um i i ask you to do a little more research into it there might be things you don't like there's things i don't like um but that doesn't mean you don't listen to people if you want to shut your uh, uh yourself up to those things then um that's you i'm open to hear from them he has new things i wanted to hear his perspective on here in america with the defunding of the police with police going somewhere i mean look at our members of congress they're spending millions of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars on their own private security 
Um, is that the new way to do things here where people with the money to ha that have the money to do that, these gated communities with their high walls with electric fence like is done in other countries, to, um, to have their own private protection because they've demonized law enforcement across, across our nation. Um, it's 5.43 here at WILK. The Rob O'Donnell Show here live from CPAC at National Harbor, Maryland. WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM or anywhere on the Odyssey app. Well, here with a, a regular on the Rob O'Donnell Show, retired Admiral Paul Becker, Rear Admiral Paul Becker. And um, we were making a joke during the commercial break that you're the anchor man for the show. You're the last guest of the show today. And you have to explain to the listeners what the anchor man is normally. <laughs> yeah, from the Naval Academy, the last uh, graduate in their class of about a thousand people is called the anchor man. And they get a symbolic anchor and typically one dollar from each of their classmates. Uh, so uh, that's a margin that was too thin for me to, uh, you know, play with. So. Uh, I like to tell people I was in the uh, upper third of the middle third of my class. So I was comfortably in the middle. Diploma still says the commissioning certificate and the diploma still says the same thing at the end. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about what's going on in, in the Middle East and, and around the world, let's be honest. Uh, we've seen now those flag draped coffins come back to Dover Air Base. We've seen underwater unmanned drones. Uh, it's getting worse. There's no shortage of imagination from our enemies. Uh, you could look back historically, and uh, we often find ourselves surprised if we don't think out of the box ahead of them. Uh, it's the first time we've seen under, uh, underwater uh, unmanned vehicles, UUVs. Uh, fortunately, we don't think they're very sophisticated. They're torpedoes uh, that go on a ballistic trajectory under the water equivalent. Uh, so uh, we can detect them, but the key point is the enemy is innovating, right? They figured out a way uh, to evade some of our uh, aerial surveillance, so they're looking uh, for new and uh, malign ways to attack us, and that's something that should have us worried. Uh, we're talking about the Middle East, and Rob, we often describe it as a regional war. And there may be another regional war going on in Russia, Ukraine, and uh, we're worried about the Western Pacific. Uh, but I'm of the opinion that there are no regional wars, and the real power and the real financing behind this all is China. Uh, our $6 billion for six hostages, uh, it certainly aided the Iranian coffers uh, in a way, you know, financing their efforts in the Middle East. But they wouldn't be doing this, Iran wouldn't, uh, without China's tacit approval. Uh, Russia, uh, I don't think, would be going to the lengths they're going in the Ukraine without China's tacit approval and more than tacit approval. It's intelligence, it's uh, uh, finances, uh, and it's uh, overall support. And not only that, just support, they're all watching each other very closely to see where that threshold is. And it seems like with the Biden administration, that threshold doesn't exist. Uh, the Chinese are good communists. They still believe in uh, a factor called the correlation of forces, as Marx laid it out. When the timing's right, it's favorable to do something. Uh, in their case, you know, malign. Uh, 
Russia no longer communist, but there's an old school of thought that applies there. I Iran never communist, a theocracy, uh, but certainly uh, very well influenced uh, by uh, this Chinese thought and support. And you have the Israeli-Hamas war that's going on, and, and they're also looking at that. Where's America's support lie? Where, uh, where are what we've seen in this administration? Are they going to say, you know, we're drawing a line in our support? And once you draw a line in that support for our, one of our closest allies, they take note very quickly. Uh, I'm very upset with the administration for saying uh, that uh, Israel has gone over the top. Uh, you know, the, the president's words uh, recently referring. Uh, no, you know what's over the top is uh, attacking Israel, taking hostages, killing innocent civilians. It's why you don't start wars. These things happen. Uh, Israel's uh, leading the world in uh, caution and uh, trying to minimize uh, casualties. Uh, and it's discomforting to see the strong level of support from the U.S. to Israel that we saw in Israel is waning now uh, into the spring. Yeah, no, no doubt. And our military status, I mean, it, it, it's, you, you see these policy changes, you see uh, the Secretary of Defense, uh, you know, with his medical elements, and it looks like now they've gone over the top with notifications for every movement he makes because of that disappearing you know, situation to where even his undersecretary wasn't sure of what was passed down or what was going on. And we're seeing it in recruiting numbers. I think the Marines were the only ones to meet their recruiting goals. So it's, it's obviously reverberating. And instead of doing the right things, instead of looking to proper leadership and in, in ensuring families around this, this, this nation that your sons and daughters who do want to serve our nation are going to be well taken care of, they're going to be properly trained, they're going to be defended themselves and given the support they need, we're not seeing that. Yeah, the best retention, uh, I'll speak for the Navy and Air Force, are those that are forward and applying all their training. Uh, they have a real mission, they're executing it, and uh, that's what we sign up to do and uh, uh, absorb personal sacrifice and risk that comes along with it. We're not afraid to do that. Uh, in fact, it's rewarding uh, when we do it to the best of our abilities, and uh, we don't have enough platforms right now. Uh, air wings on Navy ships, ships themselves, uh, expeditionary elements for the Marine Corps and the platforms that bring them, uh, air uh, wings uh, for the Air Force as well, to go forward and actually uh, be at the vanguard uh, and on the point for defending our freedoms uh, afar uh, before those threats come back to the homeland. And we've also seen the wearing down of our assets. You know, I've talked about it on social media. I've posted about it to where, you know, you can have a CENTCOM commander who's an Army general uh, who just wants to wants that carrier battle group ready, wants it out there because it projects strength. It shows them that need. And it's not getting the routine maintenance, the, property repla the proper replacement of their catapult system or their steam systems, whichever systems they have, their electronics, you know, the, the proper refurbishment, the proper dry docking, the proper care of their aircraft because, okay, I'm only going to extend it because they're serving I mean, let's be honest they're serving two to four year you know tours in that position 
and they're not worried about the next tour. And then the new person comes in, and they're not worried about So it's getting extended two years, four years, six years, and it's not getting that replenishment. And these things are starting to break down, and we don't need a, a war to break out that really affects our forward projection of strength and things not working. You're right. This is a real concern. Uh, it's not just the number of platforms. It's maintaining them. Uh, having the shipyards, the replenishment, uh, the repair facilities for when they come back. It, it typically takes at least two, sometimes three platforms to keep one forward. Right? One's forward, one just came home, and uh, the, uh, the limiting factor often on these long deployments for any service is the human factor. People need a chance to rechain, uh, be with their families, and and then another third is in maintenance and getting ready to deploy. So it's three equals one. And uh, for a number of, uh, of decades now, we've been uh, shortchanging the maintenance budgets and the replenishment and repair budgets to just keep a presence or the bare minimum number of platforms uh, for international security. And uh, that's why we're suffering on the back end. And uh, that has an indirect impact on uh, retention uh, and uh, recruiting as well. No doubt. We're speaking to retired Rear Admiral Paul Becker, a good friend of the Rob O'Donnell Show. And um, I, I love your posts on social media with the Becker Group, your T3 mentality there that, that you, you put up. Um, something new each day that, that's from all over the spectrum. How, how could people follow you so they could see what you post on, on your motivational post each day? Oh, very kind. On uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, uh, X now, uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Paul Becker or the Becker T3 Group. T3 stands for teamwork, tone, tenacity. These are the pillars of leadership that I've seen from the very finest leaders uh, over decades. Uh, so it's uh, thebeckert3group.com. I have a website, uh, a blog, and I post on all these other social media uh, uh, venues uh, on a near daily basis. And, and my point is there's leadership everywhere all the time. And it may be Colonel Mickey Marcus, you know, the subject of Cast a Giant Shadow, you know, today. It may have been Admiral. Uh, Chester Nimitz. It could be Happy Gilmore, who in his own way, all right, in, in a completely fictional and outrageous way, was uh, he demonstrated teamwork with his grandma, with his coach, uh, his tone, learning to suppress, you know, his anger and tenacity on working on his putting game uh, to ultimately win him a championship. So I like to have fun with it, but I have a bias uh, towards military heroes. Uh, towards uh, great American heroes, even if not military. And it uh, doesn't matter where you come from, uh, there's a T3 story to read uh, daily. No doubt, and I share them offered. It's uh, rear, retired Rear Admiral Paul Becker here with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Admiral, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Always a pleasure, Rob. Great to be here on Media Row. Yes, yes no doubt. Uh, we'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute.